You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. Welcome back to Run It Back here on the Kansas City Sports Network. I am your host, none other than Jasmine Halliburton. And once again, back-to-back weeks, I have John the Shake Grow coming. Talk a little bit about volleyball. John, thank you so much for hopping back on the pod. Oh, absolutely. What a week it was for the Polycats as well. It was all around a great K-State sports week uh, here in the Little Apple. Like, John, John, I don't think people are really fully understanding that there wasn't a damn team, damn individual to score a point this entire weekend in Manhattan. You know how crazy that is? Uh-huh. Not Nam, nobody, or they mama no. came into Manhattan, Kansas, and left with a single point. Not, a, one. not a Cougar volleyball team, nor a Cougar football team. Hey, it's just something about the superior cats getting it done. Do you feel me? Oh, my goodness. The superior felines got it done, and it wasn't no competition, John. It wasn't no damn competition. And you see, you know, you had you had your thoughts about what, you know, K-State football would do against Houston. Houston was able to obviously put Texas on the ropes because, hello, don't know how confident people are, would be in Texas, by the way, considering their history. But that's that. K-State had the ability to, all right, it's another team getting shut out. All right, whatever. But, but, John, BYU came to Manhattan. BYU, the number eight ranked team in the country. BYU, who was, I think at the time, second in the Big 12, just behind Texas in the standings, right? BYU team that does not lose often a very very prestigious volleyball program at Birmingham Young University right in in Utah where they where they got things scheduled they got things going they are a really good team John but it was Brigham Young Brigham Young Brigham Young Birmingham Young hamburger cheeseburger you know what that changes not a goddamn thing because Another team that came to Manhattan did not get a damn point. You're the number eight team in the country and did not look like it. So I call you how I want to call you. That's what it is. That's it was it was a schmackin'. It was it was a blowout. K State just completely annihilated them from the start. It was a blowout. Blowout. There's no other way to put it. Not just for one day, but in two days as well. Just that's real grading. Because look, BYU, we know, we know. I just said they're like they are a really good volleyball program. They they are cream of the crop in what they're able to do. And to be honest, I wasn't even ex- I wasn't even expecting this Thursday, Friday. I really wasn't. Honestly, I was thinking about you know what if we can compete, I think that that'd be when I really had us losing those two games of the last when I was doing my prediction of what the last ten games of the season looked like. I said we finish six and four. Okay. I had us losing both of those games. All right. I really did. I am so happy to be wrong. I'm not afraid to be wrong. I really am not. I'm not afraid to be wrong. I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a woman up and say, yeah, I was wrong. 
And I was wrong. On KC Volleyball thinking that they wouldn't come out with a damn dub on Thursday and Friday. I'm telling you, John, this is because like you, because you, you know volleyball. You honestly probably know volleyball way more than me. That the team that showed up on Thursday and Friday might have been probably one of the best K State teams that we've possibly seen in in the in the program history because this is the first time K State has beaten a top ten team at home since what 2008. Just, it's been a while. It has been a, it's been a long long time and they looked fantastic doing it in terms of a top 10 team it'd be the first time since 2011 where uh k-state beat nebraska they were the number two team in the country at the time uh in the ncaa tournament as well but you know k-state they had to wait seven years since 2016 uh to get another win uh actually no it, it was 2016 2016 was the last time we got top 10 uh, when I can't remember who it was against, but it was 2016 for that matter. But uh, no, I don't. Well, hitting into a matchup, yeah, you and I were just saying hopefully K State was able to make it competitive. Nobody, and that and that goes for everybody out there, not just for you and me. Nobody expected for K State to come away with not just one sweep over BYU, two sweeps. It's it's crazy. They, they it's just uh. You, you look at the stretch of games coming up with, with the two games against BYU. Then you have Kansas and Texas. We talked about it. It was going to be really one of the most difficult portions of the season, and K-State had to really start collecting some massive wins in order to kind of boost their NCAA tournament resumes. Those two wins stand out for sure. And like I mentioned, it's not just beating BYU, a national prominent program at BYU. You completely swept them inside the Morgan Volleyball Arena. I mean, that pays dividends to to not just not just in terms of boosting the NCAA tournament resume, but I mean, you came away with so many big wins already over the likes of Baylor, Iowa State, uh, TCU was even receiving votes at one point too. That um, this is a volleyball team that is showing resiliency against several of these biggest. Biggest, uh, some will be big time programs, especially in the Big 12. It, is it going to be pretty every single night? No, but uh, they, they just continue to to keep on fighting, keep on finding ways to to improve, whether it's on their rotations or outside hitting or defense in general. It's been it's been all overall a very impressive display um, by Jason Mansfield and company, and especially with what we saw against BYU this weekend. And honestly, because what is something we talked about a lot last week, and I know it's something that's been talked about throughout the season, is that K State's consistency. Like they'll like they've like in like back to back nights, they'll look really good one night, and they'll you know drop a game. Maybe they really shouldn't the following night, considering how they played the first night. It was always that consistency problem. But this was a team that was like obviously you. You whooped their behinds in the very first game, beating BYU, what, 18 25, 16 25, and 19 25. Okay, cool. Now, what are you going to do the following night? And BYU starting to a little bit remember who they were because these last, like, the in game two, their three sets, it was K State 25 21, then 25 22, 25 21. So, obviously, these sets were a lot closer than the night prior, but at any other time in the season, like, K State might not. We don't won the second game at all, considering how much 
BYU was playing better in certain what they were doing and the errors that they were cleaning up in case they had a little bit more errors in the second game compared to the first. But considering how much they were realized, you know, what was at stake here in uh, John, like you said, making a push to the NCAA tournament, what they needed to end this season with, and they were able to do that. Well, of course, that's another thing to point out as well, because they're playing BYU for the second time in, in two days. Uh, of course, BYU is going to be a little bit more familiar with how K State set up. That's why we see. That's why we saw in the second match in particular a little bit more closer results uh, it, it, compared to what we saw on the first night. Um, you were going to see a little bit more of a fight for BYU because they're kind of hoping. Uh, you're looking at where they're ranked. They're trying to buy for a for a hosting position in the NCAA tournament as well. Um, but but nonetheless, uh, this was. Just the overall adversity this team had to face. And and they knew it was going to be a different match, especially in day two. BYU was going to play better. They certainly played really good defense, grappling for every point. They, they they all say each set is a battle. So, you know, it's it's good. The challenge is going to be a little bit different. What uh, on one night is going to be different on the other night. It's how you're able to handle the biggest moments towards the end while making the biggest plays, and that's exactly what they did. That that's exactly what they did. And you know, but I mean, and and every a lot of teams, not just in volleyball, but in many sports, come away with saying we can be better than than what we just displayed. And I and I think that the same case could be made with a volleyball team as well. So we'll see what, what what's able to pay dividends. It whether or not it pays dividends towards the, the matchups uh, this upcoming week against Kansas, but overall, I mean, this it's a lot of uh, a lot of promise, a lot of up, upward trajectory with the program as well. Just just dominating BYU for that matter. Exactly, because consider like they're because they moved to their five uh, five one formation. This is I want to say the third game in a row they did it in game two against OU, swept them. And then was able to do that against BYU. So what is that? They have they've won nine straight sets in in a in a five one formation after going from five one from a six two, right? And how they're going because this is they're getting hot at the right time. They they really truly are. Like this is this is dominance. These are two very different teams with OU and BYU and how and how they both like to play. Obviously, you're looking at like Cream of the crop, top of the Big 12 to OU, who's at the bottom of the Big 12. Two different playing styles, essentially, right? And BYU coming in, they only had three losses on the season. What, like One of them came from 13th-ranked at the time, Washington State. And then, at the time, 10th-ranked Texas, they lost to them twice. Those were their only losses on the season. And even then, they were able to at least win a set against those two teams with Washington State and Texas. So this is something different that BYU hasn't necessarily run into because I think I heard Brian Smoller say on TV that this is like what just on Friday was the third match they've had away in the in the Big 12 or something crazy like that. They were not used to playing away this season very much in the Big 12. Oh, to take a look at that real quick. That's yeah. an interesting figure to look up. Yeah, because Brian was talking about like they haven't played a lot of matches away, and we'll probably talk a little bit more after this quick break. But first, y'all, please hit up Home Field Apparel to get all the new K State gear, y'all. I mean, get your shirts, get your hats, get your hoodies, 
get you whatever you need to to continue out a really cold season in K-State because we already saw that on Saturday, how cold it was. And then, of course, you need you some new basketball T-shirts to make sure y'all fill up the octagon of doom. You feel me? And let's not forget that we have Studio Wax in Manhattan. Everything you need to have done, your eyebrows, head to toe, whatever needs to be, go hit up Kylie and she'll get you taken care of at Studio Wax. We will be right back on Run It Back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to Run It Back. I am Jasmine Halliburton, and joined with me is none other than John the Shake Grove. And, John, before we took a break, we briefly talked about how this was kind of unfamiliar territory for BYU, considering that this was only their third road match of the season. Like, bro, we are literally, like, this is more than halfway through the season, and this is only their third road match. Because, John, you, because you looked it up. What, where were they playing already before? Because they got a lot of home games. 
So they had two road matches against Texas inside uh, their gym, uh, Gregory Gymnasium. And then they played at Oklahoma. That was only a one uh, uh, one match. So they, they played at Oklahoma only for one night. So that, so hitting into Manhattan, they were playing their fourth and fifth road road matches. And uh, it's crazy to think how late in the season they're, they're starting to get more of these road games because... If they had more of a more of a home game atmosphere. I mean, they had more of a home games uh, to start the conference volleyball season. They had like Houston, Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech. They all went to Provo, and now BYU starting to get a little bit more of a of a road test uh, in conference play. And if you are K State, you might have to, um, in terms of a tournament resume, in a way you're kind of have to root for BYU to kind of pull off more more of these big wins, just because they're the more they look impressive, the more K State's wins over BYU uh, will look very impressive as well. But uh, especially late in the season, November for the Cougars, they got a they got a very difficult uh, road stretch. And I mean, but teams are not even good. It's it's just with the travel concerns as well because you're going to Orlando to play UCF at one point, I and mean, then you're gonna I mean, just a few like a week or two after that, you're playing at West Virginia. Uh, so it's going to be a pretty tough stretch. Uh, of course, you got Kansas kind of sandwiched in the middle one there in Provo as well. So we'll uh, wait to see what happens there. But uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy to see how how um, heavy they they had their matches at home, uh, where uh, compared to where they were on the road. Yeah, because I think they've what can, including this past weekend, they have had twenty two games total, I think, and then. Of those 22 games, only what? Four, five of them have been have been away. I did that math correctly too. Two in Manhattan, two in Austin, and then one in Oklahoma. Yeah, overall, they've played a nine, well, nine road games because in the non conference season for volleyball, you'll, be, you'll travel to several volleyball tournaments. So they, they've currently played a nine, but I do want to, but I think after the K State matches this week, it was five. Uh, five road games, uh, and BYU currently has five five road losses as well. So um, that's another thing to point out. Of course, it, it, the narrative may have been a little bit different as well if K State was playing in Provo, because like like we mentioned uh, last week, it was a tough atmosphere. They're undefeated at home, ten and zero, eighteen and five overall. Uh, so maybe maybe in a way, the schedule got state kind of gave us a little bit of a of a of a boost with a home court advantage as well. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's just looking at several of these big 12 schedules. It's just crazy to see where each team is going left to right here and there. It's, it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah. That's the, that's the consequence of conference realignment. John, like you, like we were talking a little bit off air, you did the money sign mentioning the conference realignment. Yeah, it's money, but it's money not going toward their volleyball program. Yeah. <laughs> Probably sure of that, okay? But that's old news. That's old news. We just we just seeing the consequences of their actions. But that's that's still besides the point. Because because speaking more on BYU, we know we know they're a good team. Like even though despite the ass whooping they took this weekend, I think they're still a good team, and they still have a really good chance of winning out and making this win look even better for us in the long run. Especially what we need to do in order to go to the NCAA tournament. Because 
before coming into this game, but I need just a testament of like how good K-State was this week because BYU coming in this week and they were top 10 nationally in opponent hitting percentage. They held opponents to a 149 hitting percentage. And then they were also top 10 in blocks. Actually, they actually had really two really good games blocking. I think they both had, in both games, BYU had six blocks each. Okay, so obviously they're still a really good blocking team, of course. And then they ranked 22nd nationally in hitting percentage with a 270. But now, considering that I read those stats, John, for BYU, let's read K-State's stats against BYU considering, because I just talked about how they were top 10 nationally in opponent hitting percentage, holding opponents to 149. Yeah, yeah. K-State hit 382, game one. 382. 382. That is, that is like, that's almost triple <laughs> about what they typically, what they typically allow. Game two, a little bit lower, but results stayed the same. It was a sweep. K-State hit a 266, still well above the average of opponent hitting percentage, right? And of course, blocks, I talked about at BYU, still a really good blocking team. They still had really good blocking in these two games as well. Both games had six blocks, but K-State was better. K-State had five blocks in the first game, and then, what, eight blocks in the second game. They were just better. They were They were just overall, honestly, top to bottom. K-State was the better team this week. They, 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 they truly and utterly were because I just need to, because we haven't talked fully about it yet, and I know that we will, but K-State and BYU are top in the Big 12 in the Quite in like a quite a few defensive categories, considering because we've talked how good K State's defense has been this year, but only one team was able to back that up this week. Only only one team was able to back that up because we held BYU to what point zero seventy five hitting percentage on game one. That is a team that is really good high hitting percentage offensively. Like as we talked about it, we talked about how good BYU is for them to be held. To a point zero seven five hitting percentage is my God. Talk about putting the clamps on them. And then one eighty four in game two. BYU averages a hitting percentage of two fifty eight. Man, man, oh man, oh man. If that ain't so, if that ain't the stats for your ass, considering what has went on this week in Manhattan in Morgan Family Arena, okay. And also, like we talked, we talked about team wise, obviously, because. Need I don't need to say anymore. Okay, we went through the stats. We we talked about it. BYU was not the better team this week. K State was, but we need to talk about why necessarily K State was. Why? Because that left side of the net, there there is a warrant out for their arrest, considering how many bodies they left on the court. It's a, it's a lethal force. It is a lethal lethal force. Like they, the yellow tape is still there. At Morgan Family Arena, okay? Because Aaliyah Carter and Anaya Clinton, my God, needs to strike fear in the hearts of every single opponent. If it if it already if they already have it so far this season, they damn sure will for the rest of the season. Cause let me I'm I'll give you a, their combined, combined kill totals, each player for these last two games. Aaliyah Carter, she had a total of 35 kills in Six sets. 35 kills. And Nia Clinton, redshirt freshman, didn't didn't play at all last season. She wasn't really a highly touted, you know, recruit coming in like Aaliyah Carter was, or even like Shaley Myers, you know, coming in. Then all of a sudden, boom, 
She put she put herself on the map at the start of the season. What she had, 29 total kills, one error. John. 29 kills, one error. Hey, you know, watching two matches against the top 18, that, that's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. And especially when, when considering... Um, but, but she still has plenty of plenty of time in her college career to just continue to make all the noise. It should just give her so much confidence moving forward. And you know, Aaliyah Carter, we we've always talked mentioned her about being the backbone for this volleyball team when K State needs her to to come and play play clutch at the at the biggest moments of the matches. Yeah, uh, she's always there. She she has um she's just been. Really, one of a one of a top dogs for his team. I think, I think her and and, and Anaya, they they they're taking a lot of swings, and overall, it's just been it's been the best outside heading duo in the country this year, without a doubt. Uh, they they're just so co- confident because they're just c- going for it, and they're fearless. They're they're going for it, and I, I think another thing just to point out overall. When you have Izzy in the five-one rotation, uh, it's just so much momentum heading your way, and like I mentioned, just right out of the top, it just gives the additional confidence boost when you have all cylinders connecting on from each side, and particularly from uh, from the likes of Anaya and Aaliyah, uh, just continuing to create havoc for the K-State offense as well. It's just been just been unbelievable. Swing after swing, they're just continuing to get the job done. And I mean, like, it's it's utterly ridiculous what they've been able to do, not just this past weekend against BYU, but literally what they both have done this entire season. Because Anaya, you knew she was going to be good. And I know there's a couple of things, you know, she could get better, like get better at as the season progressed. And she obviously has, because I know, talked about it a couple weeks before, if not last week, how like when every time she'd go up for a kill, sometimes she'd overhit it and it'd be a hitting error on her. Or, you know, she's just straight, using straight-up power and not necessarily, like, accuracy, just hitting the ball out, and then it's a point, even though that, that chill was there for her. The pass, I want to say, you know, I don't even know the, the direct count because that's several games for her. You've seen her develop, and, like, obviously that power is there, but her volleyball IQ has just gone up immensely match after match on what she's been able to do, and that proved it against BYU. And, of course, Aaliyah Carter, bro, she was in her bag. She was getting, she was going deep deep in her bag against BRU with like she wasn't just hitting with straight power she had some what I'm calling like off speed <laughs> type of kills you know what I mean she looked like she's about to like put her heart all the way back to get a kill and then all of a sudden just the softest touch right in the soft spot of the BYU defense on what they were able to do and she did that several she did that several times and she know and she knew when to do it like you were talking about every time you know K-State needed needed a kill needed to either keep momentum or needed to flip momentum when BYU seemed like they were going to make a run to either take the lead or just get a little bit closer. Where was Aaliyah Carter? Going deep in her bag to make sure she snuffed that out. Mm-hmm. It. Okay, I know she she has that option to come back next year. I don't know if she'll take it. I don't see why she wouldn't. But, you know, I, I don't know what her thought process is. She could come back. She could. Like, she, she might not. But... If she does, she comes back. You have Anaya Clinton. You have Izzy Shosesi. I think she's a junior, so so she'll be back. Izzy going crazy in this 5-1 like we knew she would be. Because she had, what, a total of 64 total assists. 
and there was 81 total for K-State. She had 64 of their 81 assists, okay? We- she was able to uh, dish out 27 assists and 11 digs on the first nine. Mm-hmm. And, and then adding, I think, what did she have? 30, had 30-something in game two. Yeah, but she had 64 total assists. We, we knew she would thrive in this 5-1 because they, I think they were in the 5-1 earlier in the season, if I'm not mistaken as well. And then it just showed her what she's been able to do. So Leah Carter, if she decides to come back for her COVID year, and of course, Anaya Clinton come back as a sophomore, and then of course, you have Britta Schmidt getting better and better every single game at the middle blocker position. And also Simone Sim. We need to shout her out because ever since they've gone to that 5-1, she's been getting a lot of playing time. So we haven't seen literally all season until they played in Oklahoma how well she's been able to do playing in a position that I think she's never played in before. If I read that correctly with Coach Mansfield after the game, what because she is like she's a she's listed as a libero and she's right now just defensive specialist on that back line. He says she doesn't he doesn't think that she's played that position before considering how well she's been able to do. Okay. So you have her another young player. You have a lot of young players who looks to be really, really good. And especially if Aaliyah Carter can come back. What is, John, what is your expectation for them next next year? They all decide to come back. Or if they all, I do mean just by Aaliyah Carter. Because she can make a huge wow. difference. That, that is a long-term thinking question, but I haven't necessarily thought of. That said, when you just look at what we've seen with the passing improvement with uh, Simone in there and many, of course you got Aaliyah and Anai hitting a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of kills. It just it, it it makes a lot of sense with just the way they're improving. And you know, for several of the younger players as well, and 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 more specifically, An- Anaya Clinton, if she's able to come back, um, just with with just with what she's shown so far in her K State career, man, I mean, I I mean, she is going to be a force to reckon with. In the Big Twelve, in terms of in terms of long term, again, there's there could be, um, I mean, there's still plenty of matches left during the season. Who knows what could happen in, in the next in the next slate of games, and then uh, on top of that, you have the off season, which we'll see whether or not Jason Mansfield will try to lean towards uh, several of the young younger players or recruiting, or I mean, you also got spring volleyball as well, which will really be a key factor to where. The team is that uh, kind of midway for the off season is is where I like to put it. But uh, you know, if you put all all the factors you just mentioned into consideration, this team could be scary good, and especially on the offensive side of the ball. If if we're able to see Anaya Clinton and Aaliyah Carr continue to put up a numbers just for production and the efficiency, this team could go pretty far. This team could go pretty far. Uh, and on top of that, you're you're looking at a Big Twelve next season without uh, without Texas just completely yeah. taking a stranglehold of the league. Uh, so I, the conference could be wide open. And this and another thing to point out would be BYU as well. Very historical, uh, very historically a great program, but now they they they're dealing with uh, with an elevated uh, level of conference play as well. So uh, I mean, it, I mean, you you see K State be BYU. I guarantee you, BYU is gonna going to um, possibly find several other games to to maybe slip up as well. It's it, it's going to be chaotic next year in the Big Twelve, and K State's going to be right in the thick of things of it. And if you're able to 
get the contributions for this season back for next season, man, man, I, I, I don't. Is it is it possibly another rain season, Jasmine? Another rain season, maybe, maybe. Look, I I know it'll still be difficult, but. Like you said, John, you won't have Texas anymore, who has had a stranglehold in this conference in volleyball for a very, very long time. And I honestly looked up the Pac-12 standings to see like the four new schools coming in. Uh, I mean, Arizona State, I mean, they're 20 and three overall this year. So I guess that they can be like a a strong program. Uh, Then Colorado, you know, 13 and nine. Uh, Utah, nine and 12. Then Arizona sits at the bottom of the Pac-12 at six and 16 overall i haven't gone super in depth with their schedules about far as like who's they, like who they played uh and things like that they either could have you know had a ranked opponent every other night or they've had cookie cutters like, throughout their entire their ties i don't know i haven't gone in depth with that but what they have coming in and then what we still have following next year and then obviously you're still gonna have baylor uh Honestly, TCU, I think, still still really good. Uh, UCF, if you were questioning why they weren't even raped in the first place when we went and played them. Uh, obviously, of course, BYU, Iowa State. So, and if we get in the mix, things, stranger things have happened. Obviously, of course, Houston. Can't forget Houston as well. So, crazier things have happened, but I'm not putting it past this K-State team that to really be able to compete for a ring. I'm, I- I'm, I'm really not. I, I guess, and, and and once again, like this, this is during the 2023 season, so a lot of things can change uh, by the time first serve for the 2024 season begins. But I guess really the only concern that I would have at, at the moment is um, several of the departures from from the seniors, because you want to talk about several of the players that have contra- uh, have been um, just one of a threshold, one of a Several of the biggest leaders on the team this season, and Mackenzie Morris, one of the best defensive liberos um, throughout the past few years. You're looking at um, uh, Sydney Bolding, possibly. Uh, I think Sydney Bolding will likely be uh, gone for for next year as well. I mean, Lauren Hankel, uh, I believe she she this uh, I believe this will be her final year as well. Um, I could I could be wrong in my calculations as well, just given what what what. Uh, what's transpired with COVID. I mean, there's a lot that's yeah. kind of taken place. But, uh, you know, on the offensive end, you you still have the young players. You still have, I mean, you, you have the players who are still capable of competing in this league. Like I meant, I mean, I mean, we mentioned it like 10 times, if not more, on on the show already. And Anaya Clinton, Simone Sams, and Brianna Schmidt. This team... This team's, I mean, you're going to have several young, fresh faces on the team. And maybe that'll be kind of a determining factor on whether or not um, that might be a little bit of a decision in the future for Aaliyah Carter, for that matter. But if we're able to, I, I, I sometimes I get, I, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to push the, uh, uh, push the uh, gas pedal on anything too much, but, uh, uh, I, I'd probably go in, go into next year with cautious optimism, and that's kind of a that's kind of what I go to uh, go through with several other sports as well. Because, like I mentioned, that's um, there's because at the same time as well, you're also fighting for an NCAA tournament bid, 
And if whether or not this this all happens to occur, there's going to be several reactions from a team. What how how is the team chemistry going to kind of balance itself out? How are they? How are several of the players going to handle not being in the uh, top rotations or hey, take the take the top uh, take number one in the positions here or there? So um, it's just. That's a little bit of an it's a little bit of a mouthful of a question to contemplate, but uh, um, man, it it's it's going to be something to monitor next year, but monitor in a good way because I'm sure a lot of K State fans will will monitor the volleyball team as well heading into next season because what we've seen so far with multiple top top twenty five wins, um, they, it, they're excited, they're excited for what's for what's happening. With this volleyball program, especially in the new volleyball arena and the new head coach, um, it's it's a good time. It's a good time, uh, especially uh, just getting the program up on the right track. Yeah, and I one thousand percent agree. And honestly, it's like some credit has to go to the previous coaching staff as well. Having like having the players like we like we didn't know that we had a night Clinton like in the back pocket like that. <laughs> We like we like we did we did not know we did not know like how beneficial a Brennan Smith's development would be if not for that you know redshirt year including with uh, Anaya Clinton as well. Now, obviously, you still have Shaylee Myers. I'm not sure why she hasn't played a whole lot the past few games. It could be injury. I'm not sure, but we know what Shaylee Myers can do as an, in an outside hitter role as well. So, like so, like credit goes to like the, the past coaching staff for getting these players in. Because the like why they're like so good because if these players transferred out and you have to, coach Mansfield you have to pick players out of the transfer portal like a lot of first year coaches do in a lot of different sports he didn't have to do that there's already a team chemistry that was there would he be talking the way we're talking about this team if he had to try to find a whole new team honestly probably not I I, I truly I truly think we would not be having these conversations it would be the typical yeah you know first season. You know, what can we get better on next season? I think that would be the type of conversation it would be. I could be wrong, but I could not be wrong. But considering who the players that we have now and some players that we still haven't seen a whole lot of, honestly, that gives me confidence because some players we didn't see a whole lot of last year are doing it big this year. So what's the difference? Like, what's what's the thing that that's not going to happen next year, too? You know what I mean? And if you have Aaliyah Carter still coming back for her for her super senior year, if, if she chooses to, right? But... Honestly, we hit a we hit a lot on K State volleyball as we should because when I tell you that was a damn good win, John, that was a damn, damn good win back to back nights, right? And of course, K State going to see if they can keep that momentum going because they go to Lawrence next week on Friday and Saturday, and thank God they play on a Saturday not at the same time as K State. Fine, I feel like for the first time this season, they always play the same time as K State football. But yeah. K-State football gets the, uh, gets the new kickoff on Fox at Texas. So when that game's done, and then we can tune into the Sunflower Showdown for game two. But that is all that we have for running back here today. John, thank you so much for joining and talking some volleyball with your girl. We'll be back next week to see how the Cats did against KU. We'll see y'all then. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. 
We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.